0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sports Grade Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Davis Matic. You guys can find me on Twitter, at Davis Matic. This is our waiver wire show. I do this every... Tuesday, go through, uh, you know, all of the major waiver moves that you need to be making in your home leagues, in the FFPC main event, in all of the big leagues out there. And, uh, you know, I do think that we have some difference makers out there on the waiver wire this week. You know, I don't think that, uh, I don't know if we have a Mike Davis, but I think that Alexander Madison could be close. And I think that Chase Claypool certainly is a guy who could end up, you know, really mattering over the course of the season, so of course, starting with Alexander Madison, he's forty percent owned on Yahoo, so that's going to mean in, in a lot of your guys' leagues he's already owned. But Dalvin Cook suffered a groin injury on Sunday night. Uh, they have their bye week in Week Seven. The Vikings do. Uh, Madison had twenty-three touches for one hundred and thirty-six total yards. I mean, I think that it, it really is just self-explanatory. Uh, go pick up Alexander Madison. He was a pass catcher in college. He's been a pass catcher with the Vikings. You know, Dalvin Cook led the NFL in rushing. Actually, I think he might even still lead the NFL in rushing, even after missing half of that game. So there really is just not any reason to not have Alexander Madison on your roster. Spend whatever fab you need to get. You know, we are getting now into week six. So there just are, there are going to be limited opportunities to pick up running backs, they were going to make a big difference at this point. And, and while we are talking here, um, about the Minnesota Vikings, the the guy behind the guy now is going to be Mike Boone. Uh, Mike Boone is like a, a big spark score guy, 91st percentile spark score guy. And, uh, you know, has shown pass catching ability has shown long touchdown ability. So Mike Boone is a, I think like a very good $1, $2 waiver claim. He's someone that I'm wanting to pick up in the FFPC main event in the Scott Fishbowl, you know, I think that those are um, high priority ads. I think that that Alexander Madison obviously is the highest priority, but I think Mike Boone is a super good contingent bid because also, you know, we have seen this happen before when Dalvin Cook went out when it was more of a timeshare than we expected, whether that be between Boone and Abdullah and Ham or uh, when Madison was in there or not. So I definitely think that is, uh, you know, a great move to be making. Uh, Okay, now we got to talk about Claypool, uh, Ma- Mapletron has arrived. This is the, the third time we've talked about him on the show. And it has uh, a couple things have become clear. The first Juju Smith Schuster is just no longer an alpha wide receiver one. He's not, he is not getting enough targets, not getting enough targets per route run, though he is on the field a bunch. So, you know, if you're, if you are like me and you are a Juju Smith Schuster bag holder, uh, you know, there's some reason for optimism, But the the more important point is that Claypool is just simply better than James Washington. And I think it's rational to maybe even say that he's better than Deontay Johnson, who is now banged up again. Johnson has suffered a concussion, now has a lower body injury, only was able to run four routes in the Steelers game against the Eagles. Claypool ran 28 routes and was targeted on 32% of the Steelers passing plays with 11 targets. He also received three rushing attempts and scored on one of them. You know, I think that Madison is a great ad. I think Andy Dalton, who we're gonna talk about next, is a great ad as well, especially in Superflex leagues. But I I my my take here is it's Claypool who offers the most, you know, championship upside. Claypool is 6'4, 238, ran a 442. Uh I mean, he is just he, he's the 2020 answer to AJ Brown. I think that's probably the best way to explain. His upside. I don't. I don't really think that there's anyone else who has the ability to score. You know, eight touchdowns the rest of the way. Maybe he has 900 receiving yards over the course of the season. You know, that that is an offense that looks not great running the ball right now. Right. Connor doesn't look great. Snell doesn't look great. McFarland doesn't look great. They scuffled against this Eagles team. You know, they, there was a chance actually until that fourth touchdown that they could have even you know lost that game against the Eagles. So I am. I am all in. On Claypool, I think that you know, literally fifty percent of your budget is is fine to get uh, you know either Claypool or Madison, and I think that uh, it it certainly makes a ton of sense to make them contingent bids of one another. Before we get into the borderline ads, though, we do need to talk a little bit about quarterback because I think that probably a lot of you. Are in this position where you just lost Dak Prescott. You know, maybe you maybe you went into the season with Daniel Jones. Like there, there are people who need quarterbacks. You know, people without Josh Allen, people without Kyler Murray, people without Patrick Mahomes, uh, people without Russell Wilson definitely need to make some changes at quarterback. And you have to go out and get Andy Dalton because we've seen this in the past. Dalton has finished as high as QB five before when Marvin Jones and AJ Green were at the peak uh, at their peaks. That Bengals team wasn't even in the same stratosphere of talent as Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup, even Dalton Schultz is playing above average here. Ezekiel Elliott, you know, we can laugh and joke about running back, you know, about running backs not mattering, and Ezekiel Elliott's fat and all this stuff. But, I mean, you'd rather have Ezekiel Elliott in your backfield than uh, James Robinson or whatever if if you had Andy Dalton. So I think that... You know, the big difference between Dalton and Dak is obviously going to be there's no rushing upside with a got to be like 32-year-old now, Andy Dalton. And also, you know, they're just not going to run as many plays. They're not going to score as many points. Like probably I think that this is going to be like 75% of the Cowboys offense that we saw for the first five or four and a half weeks of the season. So I think if you're in a super flex league, uh, Dalton would be my highest priority of any of these guys. I would rather have Dalton than Claypool. I would rather have Dalton than Alexander Madison in the Superflex or two quarterback league. Um, and then in a single quarterback league, I still think you can spend 15 to 20% on Dalton. Particularly if you own Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, CeeDee Lamb, or Dalton Schultz. You know, obviously, we, we've talked so much on this show about why stacking is important and why it benefits your seasonal fantasy football teams. Um, and then some of the other replacement quarterbacks Gardner Minshew, obviously, uh, pretty good schedule coming up. Kirk Cousins has a good schedule coming up. Uh, Ryan Tannehill is about to play this game against the Bills on Tuesday night. I think he is a fine replacement. Ryan Fitzpatrick, Daniel Jones, his schedule evens up, and then you know, really, I don't, I don't want you guys going into battle with Nick Foles or Philip Rivers, but I think that uh, you know those are those are going to be our our priority ads this week, and now we can move into some of the secondary guys. Uh, one guy worth noting for me is going to be Darren Fells because Jordan Akins was inactive. Fells is only owned in like. 2% of leagues. I think he is a $1 ad in tight end premium, you know, cause if Akins is out, we're going to get more fills or out runs. I mean, he really is more of like a blocking tight end, But tight end has just been such a brutal position this season overall that even finding guys who play in pass heavy offenses, who can score touchdowns is, uh, you know, just a a viable situation to be in the, uh, the next guy though, is Preston Williams, who I was out on. Um, you know, I think that he's been dropped in loads of leagues. He's only 22% owned in Yahoo fantasy leagues. Now hadn't caught more than two passes in any game all year, but was huge in this game against the 49ers where he had seven targets. Uh, 106 yards and a touchdown Ryan Fitzpatrick is playing very well right now and we've seen him do this in the past where if the weapons are solid and Devonte Parker, Preston Williams, Mike Gesicki, Miles Gaskin that is a good skill position group of players and even the Dolphins offensive line has been better so like we we have seen this happen before where Ryan Fitzpatrick with good skill position players can put together you know five six seven eight weeks of you know top 12 quarterback play and if if he's playing like this, then it's definitely um, like it's definitely possible that the third wide receiver or the third target on the Dolphins is like a fantasy viable guy and that's where we are at with Preston Williams. Real quick here on the Jaguars wide receivers. DJ Shark is now dealing with an ankle injury in addition to his previous knee injury that caused him to miss that Dolphins game on Thursday night. So that now means that Colin Johnson has an expanded role. And Colin Johnson is pretty, pretty interesting to me because he is a total physical specimen. This is a guy who is 6'6", 225, and that kind of projects him as like a touchdown scorer in the NFL level, which is something that the Jaguars offense needs because Chris Conley can't do it. Um and the way that they use LaVisca Chenault, like Chenault is their their top wide receiver now. Like he kind of has replaced uh DJ Shark as Shark has played through this injury. Um, but they don't use LaVisca like he is Calvin Johnson, right? Like they use him kind of more like a big slot. They use him out of the backfield. So I think that there's room for both Colin Johnson and Keelan Cole to be like Keelan Cole is kind of like a PPR wide receiver four. And the same would be true for Johnson if he was able to supplant Chris Conley if DJ Shark were to miss a game. But the interesting thing to me is just that you know Johnson is this huge dude, and uh, you know Tyler Eifert has played terrible all year. So I'm I'm kind of wondering if Colin Johnson has like this uh, big red zone role in this offense that has not showed up yet. He did score the touchdown last week, but he's like he's like a one dollar ad to me basically. But I uh, I think he is fairly interesting in tight end premium leagues. Cameron Brate uh, he scored a touchdown in week four and then saw a huge boost in snaps and targets with OJ Howard and Chris Godwin out. Uh, he had uh, six targets for 44 yards. I I think he is like a a, a pretty decent streaming option and with. Gronk like just continuing to like look terrible like Gronk just like looks like he um, you know he he. it's so hard for him to run it's just so hard for Gronk to, to get up to top speed I, I actually think that Cam Brate could kind of have this OJ Howard esque role where he plays in line he plays in the slot he blocks a little bit but really he's a receiving tight end we've seen Brate have stretches where he's like the primary red zone weapon for the Buccaneers and he's been on their team forever this is his eighth season in the NFL but Braid is a guy in all tight end premium formats. You know, Scott Fishbowl, the FFPC, uh, all these formats. I am making sure to get him on my teams in this waiver run. Uh, of course, Travis Fulgham and John Hightower. So it was actually Hightower who led the Eagles in air yards and snaps last week. And f- But it was Fulgham who was the hero, right? 13 targets, 152 yards, and a touchdown. There's a super tough matchup against the Ravens in this next week, but... I mean, we can't be leaving wide receivers who get 13 targets and that many air yards out on the field. Like, it's just, it would be irresponsible. I I think you can get Hightower for a buck if you are interested in that. And I, you know, would it surprise me if next week we were talking about Hightower coming down with some of those air yards. I think he had 208 air yards against the Steelers. And then, you know, Fulgham is the guy who doesn't perform. And there's so much room in this Eagles offense because Zach Ertz just looks cooked. He had six targets and one reception against the Steelers. And I, you know, I think that, I think that Fulgham and Hightower are both strong ads. You probably need, you know, about 10 to 20% in kind of the average uh, 10 team or a 12 team league to get Fulgham. And, you know, with all the injuries that are going around, like, I mean, just go look at one of your fantasy teams right now while you're listening to this. And you're probably missing like four guys due to injury who you were planning on starting at some point. So Fulgham definitely needs to be owned. I think Hightower, like, would I rather have John Hightower or Jalen Rashard? Um, would I rather have Gabriel Davis or John Hightower? Like, I, I think I'm starting to lean Hightower at this point, but I have also rostered John Hightower and dropped him and then, like, watched him rack up air yards so many times already this year that, like, maybe he's just terrible. I, I, definitely, I definitely think that that is... Uh, potentially the case we have a also a a mid-tier running back ad here with jd mckissick Uh, he's seen eight targets exactly in each of the last two weeks for the washington football team he has played over 50 percent of the snaps for in each of the the washington football team's last three games he he really is just like a a ppr guy like he's like rex burkhead he is like jalen richard last season like you you're playing him to get uh, yeah, like eight PPR points and, and maybe may, and then, you know, 14, if he's able to find a touchdown Gibson, obviously is the ceiling guy here, but you know, some of us play in deeper leagues, some of us are in 14, 16 team leagues, JD McKissick should not be out there. He needs to be owned in those formats. All right, now moving to our our deep sleepers, our our low-end guys. Jeff Smith, 11 targets for the Jets in this final, uh, in this last game. Uh, This last one was against the Arizona Cardinals. He's played 99% and 95% of the New York Jets' offensive snaps in his two weeks since returning from injury. He is like a a speedster. So Jeff Smith, when he was at college, I'm going to go look it up right now, but I believe he ran a 4.2540. No, 4.41. So... Four two five. I mean, this is, come on, like this guy's not a, a record beater, What am I talking about? But four four one, pretty good. Six feet tall, one hundred ninety pounds, undrafted free agent out of Boston College. I mean, is this is this guy the next AJ Brown? No, he's not. Does he play in a good offense? No, he doesn't. But like, there's opportunity. I just what what more what more can we say? Like this guy is getting this guy's getting double digit targets. We just talked about it with Fulgham. And I, you know, I am kind of of the belief and I've always kind of been of this belief that Sam Darnold is not bad. Like Sam Darnold has the ability. If he, if Adam Gase wasn't his coach, if he, if he wasn't playing for the jets, he would be able to, he would be able to provide value somewhere. So should Jeff Smith be owned? Yeah, he should like, you should own him over Braxton Berrios and and Chris Hogan for sure. Uh, Trey Burton is our next guy here. This is how the routes and targets have broken down since Burton returned from the short term IR. Trey Burton has run 38 routes. Jack Doyle has run 32. moali Cox has ran 18. Burton has 11 targets. Jack Doyle has three targets and moali Cox has three targets. This is all over the last two weeks since Trey Burton returned to the team. And I think the reason why Burton is getting targeted so heavily is he is the guy who is, like best qualified to be sort of the slot wide receiver for the Indianapolis Colts because they have lost all of their guys, right? So Pascal is playing that role right now, but Michael Pittman Jr. is gone. uh, Paris Campbell is gone. So they are rotating Marcus Johnson, Zach Pascal, and T.Y. Hilton as their wide receivers. I think with Phillip Rivers at this advanced age, they want to be playing loads of 12 personnel. Trey Burton obviously fits into that. Uh, It it was also reported that Moelle Cox is playing through a – knee injury and that's probably limiting some of his snaps so you know Burton is like uh in in your 12 team home league he's probably like one percent in the FFPC main event if he's out there I think he's garnering enough targets and enough routes to be like a maybe you could bid 55 on him you know 78 something like that like I I think he is a, a guy I want to be picking up and then, you know, continuing the the touting of these just dusty tight ends because the, the position is so bad, right? Like we we just we we see this every year. The tight end position is so terrible, and we end up rotating these freaking uh, you know, I just talked about Darren Fells. I just talked about spending, you know, 10% of a, of a budget on Darren Fells. Like that's where we're at. So a guy who's not that dusty, but has had a dusty role has been Irv Smith Jr. He's played over 60% in four of the Vikings' five games, though, of their snaps. He had five targets in this game against Seattle where they the they ran a bunch of plays. But I, I kind of think that, first off, this Dalvin Cook injury might lead them to throw a little bit more. But also, like Justin Jefferson is raw. So does it make sense for him to have like a 25% target share every single week, just the way rookie wide receivers go? I mean, probably not like we probably are going to get a little bit more of her Smith, especially as Kyle Rudolph, you know, I mean, they are, uh, they're going to be taking him to the glue factory here at, uh, at some point, I would imagine. So, Rudolph or uh irv Smith is a guy in these uh in these higher stakes leagues you know in these tight end premium leagues i think that i probably like i know i drafted him some but i am probably uh guilty of i i mean i know i'm guilty of dropping him I, I dropped him in the uh kentucky fantasy football state championship when i drafted him uh in that format so he he does probably need to be Um, he does probably need to be re-added. So, uh, that's going to do it for us here for the, uh, week six waiver wire show. Hope that was useful. Hope that was helpful and, uh, good luck this week, guys.